Parshas Bo. Welcome, welcome. It's really great to have you guys. Uh, Bo means to come. Bo el paro. So Hashem says to Moshe, Bo, Bo, come to paro. etc., etc. You may notice, if you read, sometimes God says, Bo el paro, and sometimes God says, Lech el paro. What's the difference? Bo means come to, and Lech means go to. What's the difference between come to and go to? Well, it means the same thing. It just means that you're taking your legs and you're becoming ambulatory and moving them from here to there. But that can't be. Because if that were the case, then the Torah would use how many words? One or two? One. Very good. Claro que si. One. So if he uses two, that means there's a difference between this one and that one. So what would you say is the difference between coming and going? Now, being the very, very proud father of a one and a half year old delicious Tamar, she's really amazingly adorable, when I want her, when I want to give her a hug, so I put on my hands like this, and do I say, go to daddy? Come to daddy. Right, I say, come to daddy. But let's say I'm holding her, and I want her to go to my mom. Do I say, go to Bubby or come to Bubby? Go to Bubby. So the difference between come and go is perspective. It's directional. That's the difference. So when you say that God is saying to Moshe, go to Paro versus come to Paro, what that means is, when you're coming to him because he's on his home court, when he's sitting there in his red keep on his throne in his house, you're not going to him. You're coming to him. You know when God says to Lechel Paro? He's at the Nile River. He's in the drink. He's going bathing. You know the least guy who's on his mind when Paro was going to the Nile River to take a bath? Moshe. He's not like, I'm going to go take a bath. I hope Tio Moises is there. No, that's not what happens at all. He's going to the Nile River. So when he does that, so Hashem says, he's not expecting you. You're not on his mind. Go to him. Lech el paro. But when he's sitting on his throne, you know who he's thinking about? You. Come to him. So now in our parsha, it's actually, it's not just come to him, it's called Bo. The name of the parsha is Come. Come. Because we're going to see that this Parsha, super different than last week. Now, we know that there's 10 Makos. Everybody knows that. There's 10 plagues. But how many of them are in this week's Parsha? Three. So in last week? Seven. If you were going to split up, if you were going to split up 10 plagues into two Parshas, would you do it seven and three? Absolutely not, right? You do five and five. Five and five. Or 10 and none. Because why can't you have one Parsha that has like all the plagues? I think that'd be the most intuitive thing, right? You just sit there and like, 10 plagues, boom, that's in the Parsha. The fact that you're splitting it up seven to three means it's not a numerical split. If I was splitting based on numbers because I want it to be convenient for you in your shul in the morning on Saturday, I don't want you to have to listen for another three and a half hours to a, to a laning. So instead, we're going to break it up a little bit. We'll have two and a half plagues in every Parsha, do it over four weeks, and that way you can get out of shul by 1030 in the morning. That's not what it did. It said we're going to do seven here and three here. So the split is not numerical. The split has to be qualitative. It has to be that there's a difference between these seven and those three. What would that be? What might that be? I'll tell you what I think it is. At the end of last week's Parsha, at the end of Parsha's Va'era, something shifted. Something went bing! And that something was barad, the hail. The hail. Now we know the hail was cool. This wasn't just regular hail. It wasn't ordinary hail. It wasn't even gigantic boulder-like hail. It was ice. And what was inside the ice? Fire. Right, exactly. And that's like a whole different thing. So you say, oh, it's a very, very big miracle. That's true. Sababa. Yes, it's a very big miracle. But what's a bigger miracle? The the water fire, the fire water, or locusts? What's a bigger miracle? To have 
hail with fire in it or to have locusts? Hail, for sure. Fire water is a much bigger miracle than locusts. But locusts is in this week's Parsha and hail is in last week's Parsha. And there's no way that God is like upping the ante, upping the ante, and suddenly he's like, eh, let's, get, let's like, tone it down a little bit. That can't be. So it can't be that the miracles got bigger because that's not true. It got less. Or at least it seems like it got less. But something happened that's qualitatively totally different. After hail, Paro comes to Moshe and says as follows. I've sinned. Adonai HaTzadik God is the tzaddik, and we are evil. Oh. Oh. So you know what just happened that didn't happen before? He admitted it. He admitted it. Now, this is a very important piece that we have to understand for the theme of all ten plagues. The object of the makot is not to get the Jews out of Egypt. That's obvious. How do you know that? Because if God wanted to get the Jews out of Egypt, you know who he doesn't need help from? Borrow. I don't need your help. I'm going to go, boom, and we're gone. We're gone. They disappeared from the rice paddies immediately. Like, there's no, no bricks anymore. They're gone. And I, and I transmogrified them all the way over there. Huh. So that's clearly not the point. That's clearly not the point. The point is twofold. Two, and it's so important. Two. Paro will know that I am God, and the Jews will know that I am God. That's the point of the plagues. Not to get the Jews out. The point is, it's God's coming out party. You're going to know that I am Hashem. When I say you, that's two different categories of people. There's the Paro piece that Egypt has to know, and there's the Jew piece that the Jew has to know. And if you're like, well, all the Jews know that Hashem is God. No, you don't. No, you absolutely do not. But he's going to show you. That's the point of the plagues. So what just happened at the end of last week's Parsha? Paro goes, you're right. I've sinned. It was wrong, what we're doing. You know, one of the... When you free people, they're slaves, and then you free them. Freedom is not the absence of slavery. So the fact that I like took the shackles off of you from the Germans, that they had you, you know, working in the factories, I took their shackles off you, that does not make you free. Because freedom is, of course, here, freedom is in the mind. The Jews, the Jews had a slave mentality because they had generation after generation after generation of being slaves. But do you know what's so horrible about that? The Jews were not slaves. They were not. They were not conquered. They were not a conquered population. When you get conquered by someone else, now you're their slaves. They weren't conquered. How did the Jews get to Egypt? They were invited. They were invited. They were the top of the food chain. They were really productive people, essential to the economy, the backbone of the, of the society. And you enslaved them. And that was wrong. That was wrong. You see, if God never came to Babylonia and said, why did you make my people your slaves? Why did you conquer them? He never said that. Why? Because that was fair and square. You came and you conquered them. Now they're your slaves. Paro never conquered the Jewish people. That didn't happen. Paro didn't buy the Jewish people at auction. You say, what do you mean? I bought the slave. It wasn't me. There was a, there was a guy who was selling slaves, and I showed up at the, at the auction, and I bid on him, and I won him. That's not what happened. They're not your slaves, and you have no right. You have no right. They're mine. They're not yours. So at the end of last week's parsha, after the bar, after the hell comes, he comes. Hashem is the tzaddik, and I am the rasha. Yes. The question arises of who was this guy, this paro that was in charge. Doesn't matter if he was the same paro, a new paro, or the grandson of the paro. The fact of the matter is, the Jews got there. The Jews got to Egypt not as slaves, and you or your father or your grandfather did something that's very, very wrong. So when that happens, boom, it's now gone shift, and now we can talk about the next plagues. The next plagues are not about showing Paro that he's wrong because he's already admitted to being wrong. 
So now it's going to be something else. So let's see what he does. So in this week's parsha, it opens up. Listen to this. Unbelievable. Hashem says to Moshe, yeah. But if he really admitted to being wrong, then why didn't he let them go? Beautiful. Why didn't he let them go? So we're going to see. Because every single time, he's a different reason for not letting them go. Ultimately, there's really one reason. You know why he doesn't really let them go? He doesn't want to. That's why. <laughs> like, I'll show you in the psukim. I'll show you in the psukim. So check this out. It says, Moshe, Bo el paro, come to paro. Which means I've hardened his heart and the hearts of his underlings in order that I can establish my wonders in Egypt. Establish my wonders. Okay, I don't know why God feels the need to establish wonders, but fine. You would think, right? You would think. And in order that you tell your son and your grandson that I played with Egypt. That I played with Egypt? That's not my translation, that's Rashi's. The, the word in the Torah is hit alalti. And if you go Rashi, Rashi is hit alalti, sichakti. I played. God has to show the grandchildren of the Jews that he played with Egypt. God is some kind of like a puppeteer. Once again, the object has always been twofold. Mitzrayim has to know, and the Jews have to know that I am Hashem. Here's how you're going to know. Paro is going to know because I'm going to establish my signs. Establish my signs. You know what it doesn't mean? It doesn't mean I'm going to show him I'm stronger than he is. If I want to show Paro I'm stronger than him, I'll punch him in the face and I'll knock his head off. That's not what the plagues are. In fact, the plagues aren't even deadly. Like the last plague is deadly. Not deadly. They're annoying. They're not there for that. They're to show you, to establish my signs. Because every single sign is making a different point that I'm God. Not that I'm a God. In the beginning of the conversation, Paro thinks he's just talking to some, some charlatan. Then he realized, no, this guy has actual power. Then he realizes by the third plague, it's a god, I'm fighting a god. That's okay, because I'm also a god. So they have a god and I have a god. Let's see who's got a bigger god. And then we see, oh no, there's a really strong god. A really strong god. But I'm Paro, I could take a punch. I could take a punch. You might be able to hit me. You might be able to hurt me. You shot HIMAR missiles at my Russian soldiers. You killed 600 Russian soldiers. That's okay, I got 600,000 more that I'll put right back into the grinder. I don't care if you hit me. It's not about showing that I'm strong. It's not about showing that I'm stronger than you. It's about showing that I am not a god. God, God, that's one. And number two, you have to look at your grandson and say, you know, you know why God put us in Egypt? He played with the Egyptians. He toyed with the Egyptians. It wasn't hard for him. He didn't have a hand tied behind his back. They were just the whole time a means to an end. You need to be in Egypt. And when you're ready, I'll take you out. And in the meantime, you're not ready. You have to stay there. That's been the game the whole entire time. So now that we've established that, you know what we're going to bring? Ha, 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 ha. We're going to bring locusts. Locusts. We're going to bring Arba. So Moshe says to Paro, listen, listen. He says something different that he hasn't said the whole time. He says, How long are you going to refuse to bow your head to me? God never said that to Paro before. He's always been, been speaking to him with honor, with kavod. And then all of a sudden, how much, are you, how long are you going to refuse to suffer and bow before me? It's like, God, why are you talking like that? Because you already said, you Paro said 48 hours ago, you said Hashem is right and I'm wrong. Okay. So now that you've said that, then why aren't you doing it? You yourself said it. You were there when you said it. I was there when you said it. We have it written down. It's right here in the, uh, in the newspapers. So how long do you refuse to do it? But if you don't do it, I'm going to bring tomorrow Arbe. Arbe means locusts. You're going to have locusts. And you know what locusts do? 
Do locusts eat humans? Do they kill people? No. They eat everything else, right? They do one thing. They really only do one thing. And that thing that locusts do is they eat. That's all they do. They devour. But here's my favorite part about locusts. It's really great. So, you know, if you drop like a nuclear bomb on, on Hiroshima, you probably don't kill all the grass in, in Hiroshima. There's got to be like one blade of grass that's under a rock behind a thing that didn't get hit in the blast radius. Like you can't destroy every blade. You know what can get every blade of grass? The locust. <laughs> they don't miss. They don't miss a leaf. They don't miss a leaf. The chisat einharet is going to cover the whole place. You're not going to see anything. It's going to eat everything. Okay, fine. So what happens? Listen to how Paro reacts. To this unbelievable. So first, before before locusts even come, Paro's people say to Paro, "What are you doing? You're crazy." Don't you know we're done? So they run back to Moshe and Aaron and they bring him back in, which means Paro relents. In the beginning of our parsha, Paro's ready to let him go. And they come back and he says, okay, you know what? Who's going? Who's going? Do you want everyone above the age of 40? Do you want only the tall people? Do you want only the rich people? Do you want only the people whose birthdays are in March? Like, who's going to go? And what does Moshe answer? Well, you know, with the everybody, with the young, the old, the fat, the thin, the rich, the poor, the tall, the short, we're all going. Really? You're taking the girls? Yeah, we're taking the girls. You're taking the kids? Yeah, we're taking the kids. You're taking the pets? Yeah, we're taking the pets. And Paro goes, hey, hey, that's not okay. That's not okay. You're a liar. You're a liar. The whole time you've been coming into my office and you've been saying to me that you want to worship Hashem. Well, when you want to worship, that's for men. Kids don't worship. Kids don't worship. You ever go to shul? Yeah, but I mean, kids don't go to shul. And if they go to shul, they're in the shul, but they're not in the shul, right? I mean, they're in the shul, making noise, disrupting the shul. So, like, why are you why are you saying that you want all of a sudden the women have to go, the old people have to go, like, you're going to pull the people out of hospice to go to shul? Come on. You're a liar, Moshe. They're really running away. By Garosh or some ace, and they throw them out. Which means you know, which means you now know, and it's gorgeous. Ah! Why do they refuse to let them go when they said they would let them go? And the answer is because you changed the, you changed the deal. The deal always was you want to go worship Hashem. Fine. So I said yes. Now that I say yes, you say, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's not just worship. Now we need to take everybody. Now that I come to the table and I'm ready to give you what you want, now you change the price? That's not fair. So Moshe essentially seems like he's manipulating Paro into saying no when he would have otherwise said yes. It seems that way. Now, of course, do you understand why it seems that way? Now, the truth is, it's not that way. You know why? Because God, he's not joking. <laughs> he's not joking. And not only is God not joking, he doesn't need to lie to you, and he doesn't need to manipulate you, and he doesn't need to think like of fake outs, and I'm going to go this way, I'm going to pivot this way. And no, no, no. He'll tell you straight to your face. Straight to your face. But now let me show you that it happens again. Right after this, we'll come back to this in a moment. It happens again after locusts. After locusts, you have darkness. And after darkness, Paro freaks out. He's like, I can't have this anymore. You know what? Go. Go. You can even take the women. You can even take the children. You can even take the hospice. Take everything you want. No problem. No problem. Moshe, you win. Please go. Rock tzonchem uvkarchem yutzag. Only your animals will stay. I think that's a very fair. That's very reasonable, right? That's very reasonable. All of you can go. You can take your mom, your dad, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, the whole thing. Everyone can come. Just do me a favor. Please leave Leave your animals. Only your sheep and your cattle will stay. And what's Moshe's response? 
No, not only no, it's so much better than that. It's amazing. He looks him right in the face and he goes, Oh, you think I'm going to leave our animals here? Not only am I going to take my animals, you're going to give me more animals. You are also going to send animals with me. And Paro's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? After I come to you and I give you everything you want, now again you change the deal? Emotions really awesome. Like, I'm, 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 the, the shyster, I'm sorry to say it. But come on, it's not fair. Elama, what's the pshat? You see, we must be manipulating him. No! I'll tell you exactly what the pshat is. It's so simple. Paro, Paro at first doesn't realize he's dealing with anyone. Then after a while, like we said, he realizes he's dealing with a power. Then he realizes he's dealing with a god. Then he realizes that he's dealing with God. Now that he realizes he's dealing with God, he's ready to negotiate. He's okay. Who's going? Who's going? God only said one thing the whole time. Remember, God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't have to convince you of anything. God is saying the truth. You know what the truth is? You kidnapped my son and you stuck him in your basement and you chained him to a radiator. And I found you. And I knocked on your door with my sawed-off shotgun and I said, give me my kids. And you said, well, which, which of them would you like? Do you want the boys? Do you want the girls? Do you want the older ones? Do you want the younger ones? I mean, like, who do you want? Like, let's, let's negotiate. Let's make it reasonable. Reasonable? I don't think you heard me. You kidnapped my son and you chained him to a radiator and if you don't give him back, I'm going to kill all your sons. That's what God's saying. So when Paro wakes up and says, fine, I'm dealing with God. Okay, I'm ready to do it. Now let's negotiate who gets to go. It's not a negotiation. It was never a negotiation. I'm not here to decide which among yes and which among no. They're mine. Leave. Get off of my kids. That's the point. Now, why doesn't Paro understand that? Paro's not a moron. He's a genius. Why doesn't Paro understand that? The answer is so obvious, like painfully obvious. Because from Paro's standpoint, if God wanted to take all of his kids out and he was God, what would he do? He would take them out. So by virtue of the fact that he has to knock on my door and ask me nicely to let his kids go, well, then clearly he can't take them out. Well, if he can't take them out, then he should give me something for them. Like, I'm not going to part with them for free. Pay me some money. Just take the guys. But that's not what's happening. Because remember, it was never the point to take them out. The point was, you're going to know. You're going to know that I'm God. The first thing that Faro says when Moshe walks in, he says, Come on, Hashem. God says, Hashem said, give me the, give me my people. And Paro's like, um, excuse me, who? Let me get me, let me get my God book. You want, that's uh, Hashem H, H for Hashem. Like, look it through his dictionary of God. It's like, no, no. He's not a godlet. He's not a godling. He's not a demigod. He's the simulator. You live in his, <laughs> you live in his game, bro. But you're not getting it. So let's go back. Now that we understand that, which I hope it's clear, let's go back for a moment to Arba. The Arba comes and they eat everything. Everything. There's not a blade of grass. There's not a leaf in the country. So what happens? Paro comes running. Vayimaher Paro. How do I know he's running? Because it says Vayimaher, which means fast. He says something now that he's never even said before. We said at the end of last week's parsha, he says, God is the tzaddik and I'm the rasha. Sababa, we've already closed that corner. Now we're on to the next thing. You know what he says here? I have sinned to Hashem and to you. That's a strange thing for him to say. I have sinned to Hashem, your God, and to you. 
Well, the question is, why would he recognize something like that? What changed here that all of a sudden he recognized that? And he even says, Please, 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 please forgive my sin just this last time. And pray to Hashem, and take away only this death. Only this death. Tell me something. Which would you rather face? Fire water from the heavens or locusts? Locusts! Me too. Me too. Paro is so afraid of locusts, they're bugs. I get it, they're eating everything, I understand. Why does he say there are two major, major problems with the idea of locusts? Number one is, yeah, they're going to take away his money for sure. They eat all the crops. It's definitely a, a massive monetary loss for sure. Also hunger, no? Also hunger. Oh, beautiful. So let's frame our two questions. So question number one, why all of a sudden does Paro say, I've sinned to Hashem your God and to you? Question number two, why does Paro say, just take away this one death? Why is this awful thing worse than any other thing? So, we already know, we already know that locusts eat. That's what they do. They eat. And what do they eat? Everything. They eat everything. So now that they ate everything, I have a question for you. How many people live in Egypt? A lot, right? Biggest question, biggest country in the world, most developed country in the world at the time. Millions of people live there. Great. Does Paro have a lot of money? Unlimited money. Unlimited money. Can you eat money? No. What are his 50 million people going to eat? There's no food. <laughs> the locusts just came, blew through the country. There's no food left. So I ask you, what are the Egyptians going to eat tomorrow? Doesn't matter how much money you have. You can buy food. That's true. But where's, where's he going to get food from? The nearest country. He has to get food from Ethiopia and Kush and Eritrea and Saudi Arabia. Is it going to take time to get that food there? Absolutely. So you have to get food for 10 million people. How many, I don't know how many million people live there. Okay, 10 million. It doesn't matter. You're going to get food for 10 million people tomorrow. Can you do that? No, you cannot. No, you cannot. So even if you can pray to Hashem and make all the locusts go away, how are you going to feed your people tomorrow? Is that not an obvious question? I think it's an obvious question. Why didn't the Egyptians starve to death? They should have, but they didn't. Why didn't they? It's such a fun question. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. If I was to say to you, let's see if you believe me, you know me for a long time. If I said to you that the Egyptians had endless silos storing food, would you believe me? You would because you know me. Now I ask you, if I say to you, and I mean it, I mean it, that the Egyptians had endless stored grain. How do I know that? So I was so even, even Paro, so what you're saying is that even this Paro was new, who was this and all that, you remembered. Ladies and gentlemen, the Egyptians have endless stores of food that hasn't been open. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So they have endless stores of food that have not been touched or open in 150 years. But it's waiting there. Stockpiles of MREs. You know what MREs are? That's like what they eat in the army, right? Meals ready to eat, right? So you've got millions of MREs stored in, oh my goodness, we're gonna need more time, stored in silos in Egypt. What's the problem? What happens if you open the door to the silo? Just a crack. Locusts! Locusts they're gonna, how long is it going to take the locusts to eat everything in the silo? 
Yeah, one minute, right? 38 seconds. It's gone. You're done. Which means he can't open the silos. So he has to feed his people, which you can't do because there's not a bladed grass in Egypt. And he's going to have to open the silos, but you can't do that because if you open the silo, in comes the locust, which means first I have to ask you for the locust to leave. But now all of a sudden you see Paro's going to have to admit something that he never admitted before because where'd you get the silos, Paro? Oh, Yosef. Well, that's interesting. What was Yosef doing here? Who's that guy? Who's the one who created all the infrastructure for you to be able to feed your people? Oh, the Oh, and now... So now let's go back to what it is that Paro says over here that he never said before. He says, I've sinned Hashem your God and to you. Because now he has to admit it. Because he's going to open the silos. Can't open the silos till you admit that it was Joey. And once you admit that it was Joey, it was Joey Schwartz, not Joey Gutierrez. Now you're going to have to admit it that we came here not as slaves. And now you can open it up. And he says, Rock Take away only this death. Do you think the Egyptian people remember starvation? They sure do. <laughs> they sure do. Okay, so now we understand that. Now I'll tell you something else that I think is very, very cool about that. I see, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you got to go. So we're going to go really, really fast with this turbo speed. So it says by the locust that Hashem says, Hashem says to Paro, Hashem says to Paro, says, listen, which means this locust plague is going to be so big before there never was a, such a locust plague ever and afterwards there never will be. It's the worst plague of locusts that the world has ever seen. Now, if you look at Rashi, very, very famous Rashi. So Rashi here says, And that locust plague that was in the days of Yoel, which is from the prophets way later, that it says over there, it says in the prophet, in the book of Yoel, of Joel, in chapter 2, Pasuk 2, if you're interested, it says there that there was a, a plague of locusts on Egypt that was, quote, never was this bad. Well, that's a contradiction because it says in the book of Yoel that the plague that happened by Yoel was the worst plague of locusts that ever hit Egypt in the world. And it says here in our Torah that this is the worst one that ever will be. Make up your mind. Someone's got to be lying. So Rashi says, We learn from Yoel that the locust plague that they had was worse and heavier than Moshe's plague of locusts. How can that be? So Rashi answers as follows. He says, There, it wasn't one type of locust. Over there they had... Uh, Gap locust, Banana Republic locust, Structure locust, uh, Old Navy locust. But, but, I will show Moshe min echad. But Moshe had one brand of locust. It was all Armani locust. All Armani. So let's see. Let's go back on Rashi. Rashi has a question. Rashi says, one second. The Pusik here says, it's the worst plague of locust that ever, ever, ever will happen. That's what it says right there, black and white. It'll never be this bad again. And then the book of Yoel in the prophets, it says that they had a plague of locust that was... Never this bad. But I thought this was the one that there will never be as bad as this. Make up your mind. So Rashi says, the one by Yoel was worse. But if it's worse, then how can the Torah tell us that there never will be? Oh, because by Yoel, by Yoel, they did more locusts. It was more. Here you only had 5 billion. By, by Yoel, there was 10 billion. But there were different colors. There was purple locust, green locust, red locust, blue, blue locust. Here it was only green locust. Thank you. A terrible answer. 
Oh, oh, here it's only green, and there is a red, yellow, green, orange, blue? That's a differentiation without a difference. Like, what, you, what kind of an answer is Raji giving? It's a terrible answer. Thank you. If the purpose of locusts, if the purpose of locusts is to eat all your food, then you're right. A locust convention with red, orange, yellow, green, and blue locusts, you're going to have more locusts. That's the worst as far as you're concerned. But here in our Parsha, is God trying to show that I can make your food go away? Or is he trying to show I control Bria, I control creation? Well, if I control creation, what's a bigger miracle? That there's one type of locust that's mutant locust that the world has never, ever seen? Or that you can have a locust convention where all the locusts from all around the world come together and eat in the same lunch? One, the former. Very good. So now we understand that as far as the Torah is concerned, the whole point is there will be one type of locust that the world has never seen and will never seen any kind of locust like this because it's cosmically, evolutionarily, biologically impossible. That shows God. In the other issue, it's, oh, you're going to have so many locusts you can't even believe it because it's going to be a locust convention and all the different locusts from all over the world are going to descend upon the same food court, which is your food court, and they're going to eat all your stuff. That's the difference. Because once again, as we've determined, as we've decided, it's not about getting the Jews out. It's not about eating their food. It's about, you will know that I am God. Mitzrayim will know, and the Jews will know, and everyone will know that I am Hashem, because that's the point of all the plagues. Now let's do two-minute recap, and then I'll let you go. We said, why would you split up the plagues into seven over here and three over here? Well, it must be that something changed after the seven. Something changed. Now that that seven hit, well, bing, we can move on to the next thing. What happened? What happened was Paro, at the end of last week's Parsha, admits. He says, Hashem is right and we are wrong. Oh, you admit it. Good. You admit it, but you still won't let us go, huh? Okay. Well, then we're going to have to hit you again. But now it's going to be very different. Now he says, yeah, you can go, you can go. I'm letting you go. Who's going? Huh? Who's going? Who's going? Paro, I don't think you understand. This is not a negotiation. Paro's like, what do you mean? You have to meet me halfway. I came to you. I said, no problem. You can go. Give me, like, throw me a bone in the press so that I don't look like a, like a loser. I mean, tell me at least you let the pets stay. Mostly, like, no, the pets are not staying. No one's staying. Because we don't belong to you. Because you have no right to hold us here. Because you never had a right to hold us here. And you're going to admit it. You know when he admits it? Boom, right now. By Arvid, by the locust. Because after the locust, he comes over to Moshe crying. He says, please make this one thing go away. Because Egypt remembers what it is to starve. When did Egypt ever remember when it was to starve? Well, because there was one time that you guys didn't have any food. When was that? I wonder. Oh, right, with Joey. And that's how you got all the storehouses. Which storehouses are those? The ones that my Uncle Joey built for you. And now that's why Paro has to run to Moshe and say, and say, you know what? I have sinned to Hashem and to you. Because I admit that you were never my slaves. You had no business being my slaves. I enslaved you. And that was wrong. That was horrible. And that was putrid. And then we'll see what happens later. Have an amazing week and a great Shabbos. Yeah.